0: Welcome to the Shit Show of My Twenties. My name's Sophia, and I am so glad you're here. I am a 20 something in my early 20s, and I was going through my fair share of Shit Show moments, and I'm sure there's more Shit Show moments to come. So much fun. But <laughs> while I was going through these moments, I was realizing I'm probably not the only 20 something who feels this way. So I decided to start this podcast back in 2020, and it's been incredible. And I love interviewing these inspiring people and I hope that through these stories you're able to see yourself in these stories and it would mean the absolute world to me if you would share it with a friend as well as leave me a review on iTunes, it makes a huge difference, I put so much time and energy into this podcast and it would mean the world to me. So without further ado, let's get started. Today's guest is Lily. I love chatting with her. Lily is a coach, teacher, author, and podcast host with over 66,000 downloads worldwide and has been featured top 10 ranked international podcast. She's a gritty survivor and big dreamer. She values two big things when it comes to her work, relationships, and herself. Show up. Showing up means... Doing what she says she's going to do and doing it. It also means showing up for herself, whether it be boundaries, triggers, love, work, or money. Just show up. Talk about the things no one wants to talk about. Secrecy is the death of intimacy. In order to get to the root of love and life, she values talking about the messy middle and everything in between. Her approach to dating and relationships came after decades of unfulfillment and emotional and spiritual death where she sacrificed herself her values and her well-being all because she didn't know how to have an epic life relationship so in this episode we go into so many incredible things about like feeling worthy of an epic love about like her struggles in the past with dating how to we go into the female archetypes and how these archetypes can help us with dating and what it looks like to have a healed archetype and becoming a magnetic woman and so much more so excited for you guys to hear this episode let's get started
1: Thank you so much, Lily, for joining me today. I'm really looking forward to getting to know you. So I'd love to start. Tell me about your 20s. Feel free to (laughs) include any shit show moments we might resonate with. Let's start there.
2: Oh, wow. Taking it back. Lots of shit show moments, I think, in my 20s. I'm not 20 now, so I will say that. (laughs) Ooh, I. you know, I focus today on love and relationships. So I could probably frame my experience in my 20s around that topic. But but man, I was a mess. I really, I mean, it really, really was a shit show. I had no idea what I was doing in love and relationship. I always like to say that I would, you know, like I was born with a, a really big heart, like a big, big, big heart. You know, like I love people. I love make people happy. I love uh, relationships and, and connections. And what I didn't learn, you know, in my formative years in my twenties was who to invite into my heart. It's almost like a, I always say like dating and learning how to to determine who we invite into our heart space is a skill. It's really a skill like basketball, like learning piano, really anything. And I did not learn any of that. And so I don't know, you probably didn't see it, but I wrote a post a couple of months ago about, you know, I slept with two men in one day. And I think that actually did happen in my 20s now that I think about it. And it resonated with so many women because you know this we don't really talk about this like even with our we may with our close friends but even if we do I feel like there's a sense of shame and and guilt and just this thing that we feel like that we have to carry on our own this like burden that we have all because we want love you know like all because we want connection and so my 20s was really just finding through a lot of like trials and tribulations myself and it even took me after my 20s to do that if I'm really like being completely honest which I am, so learning that skill of who do, who do I let into my heart? And it could be anything. You know, I talk about romance and epic love, but it could be money. It could be job. It could be even family members maybe that take advantage of you or maybe don't light you up or what have you. But I never learned that skill. It wasn't my fault. I, I grew up in a home where the dynamic that I saw between my parents, you know, there's a lot of abuse and trauma in my home. The dynamic I saw was a very like submissive, dominant type. Of scenario, a lot of people that I work with didn't really grow up maybe in that so much of an extreme household, but they maybe experienced like a roommate style situation with their parents instead of like a really romantically not romantically but like emotionally connected epic love relationship. So what I've realized throughout the decades of me doing this work and my development is that these are really just skills that we weren't taught. I don't know what what it would be, I guess for you, in, you know, in your your generation, but like for me, I learned through. Disney, I learned through movies, I learned through girl like Ariel and Little Mermaid, like gave up her voice, gave up her voice to be with the prince or whatever. Like the most distinguishing feature about her, the way that she ex- like is able to express her needs and desires. She gave it up for love, right? So what did I learn from that? I learned self-sacrifice. You know, I learned from Pretty Woman, the richer gear coming in on the, the white limo to save the day because Julia Roberts is selling her body. So, there, you know, the only way to get out of that is a rich man. Are you kidding me? I can keep going. But like, you know, there's so much there of really this epic love that I have found, the magnetism that I have found within my heart and my soul and my body is really just a process of coming back home to who we are, to healing some of our deep, deep wounds that are, are leading our dating life and we can get into whatever you want. But that is the long slash short version of how I got to where I am today. I love that. And you
1: brought up so many good points and so many things I want to ask you. But I'm curious, if you were to break down your dating experiences into one shit show moment, learned a lot mm. from guy, maybe he twists your world upside down, big growth moment, really hurts in mm. the moment, what would that yeah. one shit show moment be for you?
2: For me, that would be I, so I got into like my first ever relationship, I think when I was 18 and like first sexual encounter, all of that stuff. And I really like, I was definitely on that like codependent level. Like I was definitely on the very others focused, you know, like making sure they were good, didn't really have any needs and desires, you know. So I got into a relationship with a boy, well, I'm gonna say boy, because I don't know if he's a man these days, but like, <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh, <God>. like, <laughs> So this boy in high school and so that was at the time where I was like looking at colleges and all that stuff like, like I got waitlisted at Georgetown, which is a pretty like pretty epic feat, but I ended up staying in town for him. And so I I think my like if I had to encapsulate that experience, I think it was a shit show because I was so focused on him that I I lost myself like I didn't have the college experience I you know I played soccer so it was really just soccer and him soccer and him and you know there's a lot of stuff like under that like why that happened and why I did that but I think I like you know like I didn't really have any close friends I literally like he would come pick me up after soccer I would go over to his house I would do what I needed to do and then we you know he would take me back over there so I think like although you know obviously it was a learning experience and it brought me to this place I am today, I definitely like lost myself completely. One of the biggest things when I started to heal in my early thirties, when I started to heal and realize like, oh, this shit's wrong. Like something's wrong here. Like this is not, something's not adding up. Like this cannot be it. When I started to do a lot of like research about why I was the way I was, like, why did I have these codependent patterns? Why, why was I like, I couldn't, I couldn't speak up for myself. I didn't know what my needs and desires were. I didn't even know what I liked, you know, like this whole, you know, so so many things. That is when, like I kind of opened the door to like why I was the way I was. And ha- then that's kind of like how I started to heal and then kind of get into that space. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. Yeah. That makes so much sense. And I feel like it's so easy to do that, to really lose ourselves in the relationship. And I'm wondering what you do differently after that relationship to not lose yourself or did you continue to lose yourself? Oh, I lost myself the- <laughs> <in the>
2: decades. <laughs> it took me a while, but you know, I've always been a late bloomer. I feel like I think it takes I'm pretty stubborn. I think it takes so in my work today. I always when I you know meet new people like like you, Sophia, and are on shows like this. I'm always like, yo, a pattern is something that happens three or more times. It's not something like with me that had to happen like six or eight times, literally, to me to like, oh yeah, this something's wrong. Like I really didn't have any like support system. I kind of like my family didn't know me. My friends didn't know me. I didn't really have any good friends. So I was really just out in the world doing everything like doing relationship and doing money business like living like as an adult but I was still a child really is like basically what happened so yeah though it took me a while it took me a while to figure it out but I'm here now
1: (laughs) that's good and is there I feel like do you feel like there's anything we could do differently to not lose ourselves in relationships because I feel like Mm. like without like going through the pattern or like or is that just part of it like we have to learn through like losing ourselves consistently or I'm wondering if there's anything we could do intentionally yeah. like earlier
2: on? Great question. And I love that we're talking about this here in the space because one of my big goals in my lifetime is to help 1 million people find love. So hopefully this helps. I think that just the realization that you may not know everything that you need to know, right? To have a, an epic relationship. I always call it epic, magnetic, extraordinary love relationship, which is something that most of us at this point, divorced parents, there's double divorce, there's like all the things, right? To be, and this isn't like laying blank on on them, but it's true. Like we have not had a good modeling of that type of relationship. And I think just the acknowledgement and the awareness that maybe we don't know and what can we learn, right? And then that opens up what I found is that anytime I'm like, okay, like this is clearly not it. And whether that be like in anything in life, like business, money, this is clearly not it. Like, am I open to more information? And really that's the start. I have four feminine dating archetypes we can get whatever you want we can get into it today but um one of the feminine dating archetypes is the fortress woman and the fortress woman has been hurt really bad by love before so she's not really open to any new ideas and i know like the fortress woman is strong you know i know she is i know she can do it all on her own but what tends to happen is this pattern of like closing apart and not being open to love and so that's something that i do in my work but i think just being open like i said to new ideas that it's like it really is a it's a skill it's basically a skill that we have not learned like speaking up for ourselves and not losing ourselves we just haven't learned how to do that you know we maybe sometimes when we try to do it we feel a lot of pressure and we don't think that we're doing it right we feel like it has to be perfect maybe we feel like we're manipulating people maybe we feel like that we just let this one thing slide but even if you do it feels really shitty on the inside right because you don't feel like you're aligning with yourself so yeah I always say like just from the get just be open to a better way and sometimes if you are open something informational or somebody like me or like a therapist or something will, will come into your life that will help you develop those skills.
1: Yeah. I love that because if you're not open, it's not going to change. Like you're mm-hmm. going to have a wall up to change and to mm-hmm. possibly learning something new. And I'm wondering if you can also, I'd love for you to go into the other archetypes and mm-hmm. like with learning these archetypes that you have, what can they do for our dating life? Like how can it change things for us by knowing? Yeah.
2: So the feminine dating archetypes that I have just to lay the foundation about why I'm even talking about them is they were kind of dropped to me really from universe, God, creator, you know, whatever you believe or don't believe or something higher power, whatever, something happened. And it was like something clicked inside of me because in doing this work and after hundreds of coaching hours with women, uh, my development, what I started to see was a very distinct pattern. You can call it an archetype. You can call it a phase, whatever, you know, fits with, with you. But I started to notice some really interesting commonalities of our experience when we're dating. And one of my biggest values in my life, like Sophia is to talk about the shit that people don't talk about. And and I'm like, all right, there's something here. And so I started to dig deeper. And I know a lot I'm, I will say this, I'm not a therapist, I'm a coach, you know, and I know a lot nor am I a scientist, I'm not a researcher, but I know a lot about attachment theory. And I know a lot about therapeutic modalities, like internal family systems. And I know a lot about nervous system regulation. And this is an application, basically, of the how I applied that through some practitioners help, head coaches and therapists, of course, I will forever. But I started to notice this foundation that was forming of these lanes that we go in when we're dating. And when you ask, like, what do we do with these? The purpose for me to put to, to put these out there in the world, and there's a quiz. If you're listening to this, you can go find out what your archetype is, which is amazing at it's datingarchetype.com. And the purpose is to, to bring a common language and to help people feel like that they're not alone that they actually belong. And this is actually quite normal and that it can be healed. So a lot of this is like, ow, like, whenever I talk about it, people are like, ow, Lily, that hurts. You know, like you're seeing me too much. It hurts too bad. And I like, I, you know, it's one of those things where it's like masochistic pain because it's like when we see something like that, we know that we can change it. Right. And so that's, that's really the purpose of these archetypes. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I love that. And of course I have to ask, cause this is like one of my big questions and like wondering something I'm wondering about dating is like, how do you really know when you're ready to date? Like, how can you really Mm. tell that you should actually put yourself out there? Cause some, one of the things I notice is a lot of people starting to date before they're actually ready Mm. or think they're ready, but they're not. So I'm wondering if you could like kind of speak to that about if there's any ways we could kind of know that better.
2: Ooh, well, I have so many questions for you Val. what does that mean? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
1: well, I, I just think like, I think, like, sometimes we think we're ready to date, but then really we go on a couple dates and we realize, oh, yeah, we're not ready to, like, open this box of dating.
2: Mm. Or
1: I just notice in other people, they say they're ready, but, like, their actions and behaviors don't actually reflect that they're Mm.
2: ready. These archetypes will speak a lot to that. Like, what is, that's why I was kind of curious, like, what is ready? You know, what, there, you know, there are some things, I think, like, dating can be this really wonderful process. If you are aligned to be, again, completely in integrity, I am a dating coach and I'm also dating. So, like, I practice what I preach. I have a system and a framework and a blueprint that I walk my clients through. So it makes dating actually fun and not so hurtful, right? Like, there's so many, there's healing in there, there's, like, steps that we can take that we can make. Make sure that dating is fun, and you don't have to like do the delete and download cycle on the apps like all the time, and get frustrated and delete, and then three months later be like, okay, I'm ready, let's go, and then get you know, and then get then <laughs> get disappointed yet again, right? And it doesn't have to be like that. So, and what you're talking about, which is, I want just want to point out what you said about behaviors and actions. So we are, you know, especially you know, 20s, y'all are woke as fuck. Like y'all, we have Instagram, you know we have TikTok, all the things, there's so much information out there about what to do. There is no question about like, uh, most of my clients already have read books about their attachment style, for example. Like they know their attachment style, they know they've done a lot of research, they listen to a lot of podcasts, right? You know, fairly woke these days. But what happens is, is that what I found, and this was the last kind of thing that I had to heal in my personal life, is that when I knew what I was supposed to do, or how I was supposed to feel, but I couldn't get that at and actualized in real life. Like for example, I would sleep with men and tell myself I was okay with it But I really wasn't Like girl I was not You know I would try to be friends And it just Every time it ended in Like destruction <laughs> And having anxiety For 24 or 48 hours From not hearing from him What we don't talk about Is it's more than the knowledge That we've already accumulated About why we are the way we are But it's the behaviors And the actions That really help you Line up your dating life And I think like That's why I was trying to figure out What ready meant for you But it sounds like ready means like how do I feel aligned and how do I how do I still go towards my goals right or how do I do what I want to do and be this independent woman independent person and go out there and dating and feeling feel aligned not confused not frustrated not self-sabotage self-sacrifice self be self-defeating so that is that's the juice is that kind of what you're getting at
1: yeah. Yeah. And I want
2: to dive
1: into how, how are you making dating fun? I have to know this. Like, how are you making it more fun? Because like sometimes when I hear hate dating, people are like, oh, this is this thing I have to do. They're kind of like resistant towards it. So I'm wondering how you were able to shift it to make it more fun for you.
2: Yeah. I mean, this is the answer that nobody likes because it does require a choice to step into inner healing work. I had to do some, some inner healing work about why I was accepting these men in my life that weren't really, you know, good for me. You know, the emotionally unavailable men, the men that aren't on purpose, or, you know, those are some things that are, particular for me and my experience, but I had to, there's, there's a gap between what I knew at what I felt like, like I, I have self-love. I'm sure you do too. Everyone knows like that saying of, oh, in order to be loved, you have to love yourself. Duh. We know that. But again, moving that from your head to your body and knowing it with your, what, and your actions and behaviors and your, like your nervous system, like your anxiety or your depression, for example, is lined up with what you know in your head. That's where the healing, that's the gap where the healing is is so for me when like when I when I get on these talks like it's it's within integrity it's not within integrity to give tips because I really hate it honestly when people give tips like all of those rules all of those tips all those tricks there is no tip trick strategy or hack that is going to get you an epic love relationship these are my peers like that that do this and I feel like it's out of integrity with me because it really takes a lot of work about internally figuring out like what do you like what do you want What are your needs? What are your desires? How do you communicate them? Again, these are skills that we have not learned. Even in school, we're like always like trying to get straight A's and trying to like get your resume bumped up. It's been so long, but... But, you know, like we're trained to go a certain way and then that translates into our our dating life. But that's not how we get epic love. We get epic love by being authentic, by being ourselves, by communicating our needs and desires. And it's more than just honesty and communication because it's about energy. So that's like the answer that people really don't like a lot. But my uh, therapist said that I should be a therapist. And I'm like, no, girl, I'm not going back to school. So but it's very like it is a healing process of coming back into ourselves instead of, of just closing up and saying, oh, I'm just going to live alone in a house with a thousand dogs because that's – I did think that for a while. And I, was, I thought that I was I – was that's a fortress woman. I thought that I was okay with that, you know? I really did. Like I had that on my vision board, like a dope-ass house on the beach. And like I was just adopting a million dogs and that was going to be enough love for me. But what I realized later as I started to heal was really that was just a part of me that was, was scared, scared of love, scared of vulnerability. Vulnerability is weakness. And so I had to healing on that part too. Mm.
1: Right now, what does an epic love look like to you?
2: Mm. Mm -mm 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 -mm. Girl, I got asked this yesterday on another show. And epic love to me is we all have. Our lights. We all have our core, like our core delight, you know, like we have our core beauty, our core shine, our core effervescence, our radiance. And for me, epic love, especially in when we are talking about romantic relationships, is an opportunity not for us to dim our light but to brighten it. And in relationships, the way that I think about relationships is we have, we have us, the people, you know, you that are listening, and then we have the other person, like two separate entities. And then the relationship is an an entity when we come together and it's an entity, a separate entity as well. So there's basically like a a triad of things happening in a relationship. Right. And I think that deep down, deep down, deep 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 down we know that an epic love relationship is going to touch parts of us and heal parts of us that we can't touch that our mom and our dad and our family and our friends can't touch right it's just it's it's a deep inner knowing of safety of alignment of support, of protection, of accountability, so many goods, so much, I could just keep going. But, you know, like, yeah, it's, it's, we have to be very clear. I think like one thing too, when I, what I got with, when I was doing my healing and what I do with my clients, we just have to be very clear on what that might look like for us. And the, really the only way to know is to either, we you can probably, yeah, you can probably go out there and try it on your own, but you're gonna get frustrated and it's gonna take a lot longer. But like somebody like a practitioner or a therapist or a coach is really helpful because what we can do is we can see your blind spots a lot quicker and bring them up. And it just goes, the, the process goes, you'll probably get to the same spot, hopefully. But if the process goes so much quicker when you do that, does that make sense?
1: Yeah, I love that idea of epic love. I feel like there's parts to it. I feel like there's a part before it where you have to actually feel worthy of it before Mm. it even comes into existence. Because if you don't feel worthy of that epic love, you're not going to actually create that. So I'm wondering, like, for you, what was your process of really being like, even though I came from not the best relationship, even though this is what I've seen, this is what I want. And I actually feel worthy of it. I'm wondering what that process was for Mm.
2: you. Well, again, words are hard to describe when we're talking about self-love or we're talking about worthiness, I think, because I think that the misconception, the Instagram posts out there aren't going to tell you how to feel worthy in your body. And that's just the truth. The process is, it's a healing process. Worthiness is really a, a healing process. Here's what's interesting too about the work that I do is that how like in daily life we talk about part of me wants to go get this ice cream, but the other part of me really wants to, to stay on track with my, day, with my dieting goals or whatever, right? Like in daily life, we talk about parts. And what, what I realized is I've applied some scientific research to to dating about parts. And parts are amazing because we're not actually crazy, y'all. We're not crazy to have like a part of us wanting to do something that's self-sabotaging and then a part of us knowing what it is that we're supposed to do. If we haven't healed enough, the part that is self-sabotaging, it will lead the, the show. And that's what happens with dating. It's actually good news because if you realize that it's just a part of you that that's really unhealed, healed it's wounded it needs some healing a part of you is running the dating show then you have a choice as your highest self as your aligned self to choose into something like healing so you can bring that part back into alignment show it that it is worthy because that part does not feel worthy and it's just a part of you it's a wounded part something has happened in the past that has told you maybe again and again that you are not worthy like putting yourself out there in dating is like rejection central it is hard. And I, it's kind of an oxymoron because I said dating can be fun. But for real, like it is, it's, it's not easy to put yourself out there and be rejected, quote unquote, again and again and again. And and that part of you that's unhealed will take that rejection and it will it will morph into like shame. It will morph into anger. It will morph into frustration. It will morph into confusion. It will change into anxiety overwhelm, all of that is actually really, really normal. Really normal right and it's just what do we do with it do we like give up I remember the like the last long time long-term relationship that that I was in before I got into this work we were off and on for eight years four or five times it was dangerous for me like physically like I had to call the cops and things like that and that's not my specialty today so I don't specialize in getting people out of domestic violence situations but I do remember the last time that I got with him like the like the fourth or fifth time that I got with him I was like aware enough like I I'd done a little bit of work. I was aware enough of why it was happening. I was aware enough of he and my dad telling me the same demeaning things, like literally word for word. And I remember just giving up. I remember just saying to myself like, oh, he must be my person because that was all that I knew. That was all that I knew. And that's why I always say open up to a better way. Like maybe what we've seen in our lives and on TV and on even on like Instagram or TikTok or whatever, maybe it's not like, maybe it's not everything. Maybe like we can create our own path, right? So there is hope. (laughs) There is so much hope and it's so possible. (laughs) you know like i have clients now who like are like they're just like it's it's almost a miraculous shift because what we do you know obviously like i talk about healing we do a lot of healing what we do is we set up together dating filter filters and dating guidelines so that you aren't wasting your time you aren't wasting your energy people read a lot about red flags like on instagram and if you're reading on instagram to see what's a red flag and you're not actually feeling it in real life there's a disconnection there because really a red flag is should be in my opinion a resonance inside your body of this is good for me or this is not but we have to unlayer that as you know growth oriented women or growth oriented men we have to unlayer that so we can actually listen to that intuition listen to those red flags it's something that you act like sometimes i feel like i'm a, I'm a lightning rod where i can like i know that's for me and that's not but it takes time like i have not always been that way does that help Yeah. And what are some more of your dating guidelines? <laughs> they're subjective so it would be you know like for me I can give you some of mine in particular like my and I want to just say this too these are mine I'm gonna say it again and again and again because if you take this and you try to do it on on the apps you're only going to get frustrated so I say that with integrity but some of some of mine when I'm dating are like he's committed to his life's mission and purpose and mind you I'm not in my 20s so again like this is very subjective right so it may not be This for you and your audience. So he's committed to his life's mission and and purpose. He's he's looking for something long term, like he's he's purposely pursuing something like a long term commitment. And so these are all conversations that I have. So you know, like I'm I'm actually thinking about putting on a workshop of just doing it like a a profile workshop or something like that because I have this on my profile. I say it very explicitly. I don't, you know, the hiking pictures and the yoga pictures and all that shit is great. But what we're talking about is energy, right? Like, especially if we're meeting people on apps, like, what is what is our energy like when we're swiping? Are we swiping at a stoplight? Are we swiping at work? Are we what's our energy like when we're looking for these men, which is like, or the man's looking for a woman or whatever, you know, whoever's listening, looking for your person? What's our energy like when we're in the space of trying to call in our person, right? And that's a big check, too. So I have to like, you know, one of my like personal things is that where's my energy? Am I in myself? Am I in my body? Right. And I don't like, if I'm bored, I'm not getting on that. Right. So it's very purposeful about it's, you know, kind of a guideline, guideline that I have for myself. I'm very per- purposeful about when I like how I spend my time. And over time, then this is why I'm saying like within integrity, like if you go do this, it's and you're still seeing self sabotaging patterns, that's a great indication for you to reach out to somebody and start to heal. Because if we get, we go back into the these kind of self-defeating places, again, it's not us. It's just a part of us. You know, if we end up, you know, the chill woman, for example, I'll give you a little a little uh, insight into the chill woman archetype. The chill woman knows overwhelming anxiety and dating like that's her best friend. So like that kicks in, especially if she has like a, a really fun conversation, you know, on an app or maybe they have a first date and then she doesn't hear from him in 24 or 48 hours, this kicks in. Overthinking, you know, like starting to type out the text. But then deleting it, you know the three dots, all of that stuff. I know it hurts. The chill woman, (laughs) the chill, (laughs) the chill woman also (laughs) tends to get ghosted a lot, right? She gets ghosted, and when I say this, people are like, "Being ghosted isn't my isn't my fault." And I say this with love, but when you let um, let like you know I. I talk about the man and woman relationship, but wherever it is, like if you let someone in your sphere that you spend, like, again, we're talking about opening our heart, right? But if you let someone in your energetic sphere of time, money, open your heart, love, whatever it is, we have to know that they're the right person. So typically what I've seen in my life, I never get ghosted anymore. I never get, my clients don't get ghosted anymore because of the quality of the men that they are bringing forth with all of this work that they're doing, right? Right. So there is, you know, obviously we can't control anyone else, but we can control who we allow in our lives, like our energy, again, our time, all of that stuff. And there is a way, right? So chill woman, I love you, but you do get ghosted a lot and you can change that. So it's good. And you don't understand why. So the chill woman also tends to accept let's hang out. Let's chill. Netflix and chill. That's why she's chill. Like, you know, obviously overwhelming anxiety isn't chill, but that's why she's called the chill woman is because she tends to say okay to men that are like, or someone that is like, you know, let's just go hang out. Let's chill. Let's see how it goes. And this, you know, she really wants connection. You know, like she really, she really wants love. She really wants, she wants people to be there and not leave. So she says yes to this, but more often than not, like 80% of the time, this goes down a road of not good. Somebody gets, attached in the relationship. Somebody, somebody gets hurt. Their, their expectations aren't fulfilled. It's hard to have a communi- like communication about it if if she doesn't know like what's happening, right? So I love you, chill woman. What else? Let's see. Uh, like I said, she really craves connection. So the opportunity to heal for the chill woman has a lot to do with what you're talking about, Sophia, about worthiness. She doesn't feel worthy, right? She doesn't feel... Like she can say, hey, you know, like, yeah, I'll go hang out with you as friends. Or, you know, she doesn't, it is hard for her to communicate like, um, well, what's going on with this? You know, like I need to know before I go, I go, quote unquote, hang out with you. Is this just friends? It's really hard for her because she really does want, she wants to be around people. She loves big. The chill woman loves big, right? And she, you know, she tends to kind of give it away to everyone. But the good news is, is that you can heal those parts, that part that feels unworthy and bring it back into alignment with yourself and all of those parts can be on board and be okay with like messing up when you ask for something like hey you know before I hang out with you I really need to know like this are we, are we hanging out as friends or are you thinking something else and you know and after that there's a lot that happens but like at the beginning it's <laughs> hard to do right mm, I love
1: that the chill woman like it totally makes sense <laughs> That archetype totally makes sense to me and so cool. And I'm wondering, once someone heals, do they go from that archetype to another archetype
2: or what happens Mm. there? Oh, what a beautiful question. So like I said, all the information about this is at datingarchetype.com. There's a lot. And you can take, like I said, you can take a quiz and figure out what your next step is. I, my personal goal and the the shared goal that I have with, with the women that I work with is to be the magnetic woman, the magnet, the magnetic woman, and the magnetic woman and I'm not perfect. And and asking for perfectionism is not a good recipe. So I always, I'm kind with myself. I have my clients actually go through this of how compassionate can you be with yourself? Are you giving yourself room to mess up? I strive to be the magnetic woman about 80% of the time, right? And 20%, I mess up and still not fun. Like, but it's a lot more compassionate, right? Than being perfection in perfection and being like trying to be in control all the time, quote unquote. Right. So the magnetic woman is hopefully the way that that I'm presenting myself today is she knows who she is, she knows what she wants. She's able to communicate that. She sets dating boundaries. She's really good at setting dating boundaries, even though it may be ugly right? Even, you know, especially with the environment that I grew up in, we're talking about skills, right? Of communication, of dating and letting people into our hearts. I didn't know how to communicate. You know, I didn't, I allow myself to be messy. And over time, over time, consistently, it starts to feel, oh, that's, you know, it starts to feel in my body. So it's, it becomes automatic. She, her worth and her magnetism, like what you were talking about, Sophia, has moved from her head to her body. So she is an embodiment of work. Even just like yesterday, I went into Trader Joe's and like all these people coming up to me and I was with a, a love interest. But, you know, all these people were coming up to me like, I love your nails and all this stuff. And like, and then he comes up behind me and he doesn't even know about this work. He comes up behind me and whispers in my ear and he goes, you're a magnet. And I completely mm. melted. And But that is what I want for everyone. And I really think that These are truths that women have known, but they have been buried. In trauma. They've been buried in things that have happened to us. They've been buried in the family situations that we grew up in, and all of these different factors that are, that shape of, shape who we are. So really, I'm really just a messenger of things that we have already known for decades, right? When she's dating the magnetic woman, she's open to learning about who the person is. She doesn't put them on a pedestal, which is hard. <laughs> She is able to observe his actions, his behaviors. You know, when I, some things that are important to me from from like what I'm asking for from the masculine is consistency, honesty, support, repetition, on and on and on, like continue to be there, continue to, to let me be messy, continue, you know, to all of that stuff. So she has a clear head and her nervous system, her date, I call it my dating nervous system is regulated so that all of that anxiety or depression, or, you know, the wanting to close up my heart doesn't affect me seeing who he really is. And I don't sleep with him. You know, the magnetic woman does not sleep with him until, until either quote unquote, she feels like she's ready. Or for me, part of my filters and guidelines is not until there's a a monogamous commitment, because that shit gets cloudy, as we know. (laughs) It gets... (laughs) It gets a little cloudy, you know, uh, our, our, our decision-making behavior for real. And this is biological, y'all. This is not some bullshit I'm putting out there. That There's biological evidence that we have nurturing hormones, that when we sleep, with men as women, we cannot control our hormones. So there's a reason for that. It's like goes back into the caveman days of if we get pregnant, then we need protection. And so we try to bond unbeknownst to us. Again, like who the fuck knew this? No one told me this. So there are reason for for what she does. So I don't know. That's, that's a magnetic woman and I love her.
1: Yeah. I love that. And I hope We'll see. You. I hope with all this work that you're doing of when was reaching like a million people, I hope that we'll see a million magnetic women as well.
2: Yeah. Or magnetic women too. Important. Yeah. I think wow. it, it's a big goal, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't given to me. I think like, or I didn't come up with, that. I mean, it was given to me, so I can't wait. It's going to be an amazing yeah. consciousness shift. It's be
1: awesome. And I have one final question for you. So if you were to go back in time and talk to your 20 year old self, what would you want to tell her? If you don't want to tell her anything, that's an option as well. But anything you want to do in that moment.
2: I think I would. You know, it's hard. That's a hard question, even though it's like you know, obviously pretty basic. Because I'm I'm a hella deep person. <laughs> I think I would tell her that you are worth more. And I think that I was at that point, you know, even in my 20s, I was achieving, like, you know, achieving, like, uh, played soccer as a captain of the soccer team, you know, um, straight A's. And that continued through my life until I realized, like, I was actually achieving for love. And in my whole family, my friends, then, like, everything reinforced that behavior. And so... That achievement, you know, I say this with love to all of the successful women out there, even though I know you're a badass and you can achieve anything, that energy does not work in dating. And that's why people are so messed up, right? And so I didn't have friends or family being like, yo, this is, something's up with you. This doesn't feel right. You know, people didn't know me. I didn't know, I didn't, you know, like I wasn't even attuned to who I was. So I don't even know if that would change anything, but just somebody I think in my life being like, something's up. And I don't know how I would have taken it really. You know, I put, could have just like continued on this destructive path. Sometimes I think like, <laughs> sometimes I think like, I'm just so lucky that I'm not in debt, like dead or in jail at this point based on my mm-hmm. past behaviors. <laughs> but yeah, like just dropping in and being like, Lily, yeah, you are so much more than this. You don't have to do this. There's actually, again, there's a better way. Mm-hmm.
1: I love that. And where can we find you? Where can we
0: connect with
2: you? Thank you, Sophia. You're amazing.
0: Thank
2: you. So I have actually a few things. Um, May I uh, offer a gift for your listeners? So I have a gift. The, the Love Method for uh, Finding Epic Love, it's a free workbook that I offer, and I don't offer it anywhere else, only on um, podcasts. So for your listeners, it's exclusive. Um, it's $197 value, and it'll take you through, it's a download. It'll take you through the step-by-step, a, a lot deeper than what we had time to cover today on the system that I went through to get to this place of magnetism. And then also, and that's at findepiclove.com and then if you or anyone wants to know what your archetype is if you haven't feel to call out already uh, you can go to <laughs> you can go to datingarchetype.com and you can take a like it's a 2 minute quiz it'll reveal your blocks to love and then, then your next steps into finding your true love
1: i think you called out about like 80% of us with those two <laughs> <ones. you> guys.
2: <laughs> The good news is is there's something better. Yeah. So yeah, datingarchetype.com. And then, uh, yeah, let me know. Let me know what you think. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Thank you, Sophia. Thank you guys so much for listening.
1: I love if you can leave me a review on iTunes. Please feel free to share it with any friends you think the story would resonate with. I hope you guys have a great rest of your day.